Hey, what's up, Love Your Life family? It's your sis, Crystal. What's going on, fam? It's your brother, Andre. We're excited to be back with you. Yes, indeed, with another discussion about loving your life. And we have an incredible human being with us today that we love, honor, and respect. And so you all help me welcome our brother, Warren Stewart Jr. is in the house. How you doing? I'm good. I'm well. How are you? You we all. are doing awesome. We are doing great. So excited to have you with us today. For yes. sure, brother. So tell us, man, before we kind of jump into it, kind of, well, what would you like to share? Kind of tell us about Warren. For those who don't know you, Warren Stewart Jr., what would you share about you, your passion, kind of what you're working on? Man, um, that's a good question. You know, people think they know who you are, but they really don't. Um, so I am, I like to say I am a son of the Most High God and his servant. That's where I start off. Uh, cause that's where my identity comes from. Mm -hmm. And then in the world, I am an influencer, pastor and activist. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, dad to three, I don't even call them children anymore. Three yeah. adults, <laughs> three, three, many, many adults, uh, to, uh, 19, 18 and 14, Josiah, Makai and Kyra. So, um, you know, I, you know, I am, uh, I'm an advocate for Jesus and justice, fight out there fighting on the front lines, doing unconventional, non-traditional ministry through 12 church, uh, virtual church that we just started in June. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a lover. I'm a, I want to see people win. I want to, I want to want people to know the love of God. And, 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 you know, so I, I go in environments that most people may not go into just to, to show them Jesus. And so that's my mission. And, uh, that's pretty much who I am. I, I, I like to live reverse engineer my life. I want people to know that God loved them and I love them. And at the end of the, at the end of my life, I want people to say, man, Warren really loved everybody. Yeah. So I love being on you guys' podcast and love your life. So I do love my life. I'm living some of the best life I've ever lived. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah. Good stuff, man. You know, one of the things that really, as you were kind of just sharing with us who you are and kind of your passion your call to, uh, you, a key word that jumped out at me is unconventional. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I do think that you know, obviously, uh, having faith in Jesus Christ, but there is, um, sometimes it gets so religious that mm -hmm. people can't find God because they're finding the religion versus yeah. focusing on a true relationship. And, uh, so I, I really definitely appreciate that unconventional aspect, uh, because, you know, my brothers and I, we can chop it up different environments. It's not going to always be in the quote unquote church building. Uh, but just being able to break bread with one another, fellowship, uh, and at the end of the day, have meaningful conversations to get yeah. to know the person, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we all have a story. Uh, you know, we were, we were not, uh, you know, a lot of us were not, you know, can't, well, we didn't come out the womb with a cross in our hand and the Bible in the other, you know what I'm saying? And so it, 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 it's important to that. Un unconventional aspect man that, that's just you know keeping it real raw and radical yeah yeah i mean you know i was basically born on a church pew yeah. um <laughs> and, and so you know 
church is my life and um and i i love the church i i love the traditions that that our foundation was laid upon but you know you can't put new wine and wine uh, uh new wine and old wine skins yeah. and so i um just used to sit in church and be like man i don't know if jesus is did what we doing every Sunday, you know, yeah, that, that yeah. just, that just, that, that's where my transformation, like I would read the Bible and I would be in church and be like, man, I don't see a lot of power, like it's power, but like that transforming, healing, delivering power, somebody's made new and it's not a routine of the same church stuff and religious routine. And so that's why I started remnant. You know, God, God told me, Church of the Remnant in 2001. Mm-hmm. And I didn't plant Remnant until eight, you know, 2008. And so I was just afraid because I was so young. I'm like, I'm not, I shouldn't be a pastor. But, you know, we started off saying that we were religion free and relationship focused. Like we didn't want the bondage of religion and it, it caused a stir in a lot of people. But I was like, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I know it's effective. I know what these young people need and, you know, let the people with the tattoos and the, you know, the, the whatever they want to call them and the, the renegades and the, the remnant, the, the leftovers, those that people just forgot about. And yeah. so that's who I'm really called to. So now instead of having a church, you know, I planted for 10 years and pastored for 10 years. And so now, you know, the, 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 the field, the mission field is the community for me. So that's where I spend most of my time. Cool. Cause that's I see incredible. them like cheap without a shepherd, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You know, I'm so glad that you really, you hit so many things. I had about five questions just in your comments <laughs> I wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, before we truly dig in and jump in, I yeah. do want to acknowledge that it is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. And we are going to prioritize our men, sisters, our brothers, our fathers, our husbands, life partners. You know, it, it's crucial. It's a topic. And I, I think we're improving. There's yeah. more people. So it's important to acknowledge that there is a change. Um, but definitely want to provide the platform to have real, raw, radical, relational conversations with our brothers to know that you are loved, you are respected, you are honored, and you are seen. And yeah. so uh, definitely, again, just want to thank you for coming on and preparing to just share your journey and your story with us. And so one question I have about when you talked about the relation on the religion what do, when you say religious, what does that mean to you? I'm, I'm thinking about our listeners from all different backgrounds yeah. and cultures and nationalities, and they hear that word. What do you mean it's not religious? So what does yeah. that mean? So to me, it's like the formalities of religion, you know, the looking like you have it all together and, you know, your house is a wreck, the wearing the mask, the, you know, wearing a three-piece suit and church hats, and then you don't love each other at home. Um, or you, you, you talk a lot about Jesus on Facebook or social media, but your character doesn't show Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you can, you, you quote all the church jargon, but cuss people out and, you know, you just don't show mercy, love and forgiveness. Or you, you, you have a lot of bitterness, like, but everybody thinks, Oh, they're an upstanding believer or a Christian. But, you know, so I had to peel back that stuff in my life personally. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, I wrote a song called Geisha Girls, you know, take the mask off church. It's time to come clean. And it was about that pain that we hold on the inside and we try to just go to church and fix it for two hours or whatever, hour and a half and 15, 75 minutes, whatever church you go to. (laughs) Or, 
think that we we can pray more to be closer uh, or, or give more to be closer to God, attend church more. Now, of course, you pray more to get closer to God, but like we we use religious works to be closer to God when in fact that is like idolatrous. You're really worshiping yourself because you're trying mm-hmm. to make yourself right in the eyes of God instead of knowing that Jesus already did the work for you and you rest in grace. And so I think religion is a rat race Come of on. you trying to just keep up with what you think God wants and what he doesn't want when you're not really like secure and understanding your identity in him. So it takes some real soul searching to get past through some of the presuppositions that we think and we hold true that we think it, let me, let me say this religion versus relationship or people who talk the part, but really don't believe what the Bible says. They talk it, but they mm-hmm. haven't really believed the gospel yet. And that's the cognitive dissonance that I'm trying to navigate people through mm-hmm. nowadays. Like you say one thing, but you really don't believe it because it doesn't your your words and actions don't match. There's no integrity there. And and so that's that cognitive dissonance. And religion causes people to really fool themselves and trick themselves into thinking they know God, but they just really know religion mostly. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's intense. You know, as you were, you know, just listening, I mean listening, kind of the rat race. Mm-hmm. How do you think that that affects men's mental health and wellness? Well, for for men, you know, sometimes we compartmentalize everything and we don't pause to deal with it. So the rat race is just, I got to provide, I got to protect, I got to not show emotion and uh, just push through. And, you know, sometimes, and, and personally, uh, when I was going through... Uh, about two, two and a half years ago, I want to say 2019. Yeah. You know, going through uh, a divorce, running for office, dad, uh, hospice chaplain, graphic designer. And then all of that came crashing down mm-hmm. on me and trying to really appease people and the opinions of people and, um, keep up to this image and I wasn't being my authentic self because I did, I thought I feared people would judge me because mm-hmm. I was going through a, a, a divorce um, and and so for me I was probably my mental health was challenged because I worried I worried about the opinions of people I was I was people pleasing right in all those areas and so God stripped me down and really, you know, came to a really hard season of repentance and stripping away of all of that to just be my most authentic self. And and really that that was my freedom. Um, right. And, and so, yeah, that, that the, but the mental health that all of that trying to be all these things to all these people really is where my most mental health challenges came from. And then that's when I got into therapy. Yeah. You know, that and I, that really speaks to uh, because even as we were talking about, you know, uh, mental health awareness, awareness and then mm-hmm. as you, you kind of talked about, you know, religion in the church. Um, I know for me, it, it just really hit home because oftentimes, you know, as a believer, we, we know the word, we, we uh, believe God, uh, 
but it's okay to say you're hurting. You know what I'm saying? It's okay mm-hmm. to say you need help. And sometimes men, I know, speaking for me, I wrestled, especially early on, uh, you know, in my marriage, in my fatherhood, you know, when we first started having children, mm-hmm. we, uh, beautiful, uh, you know, loving parents of four beautiful, uh, children. Mm-hmm. But, um, I struggled with that ability to be vulnerable enough to say I'm hurting, uh, yeah. to say, you know what, uh, I'm scared. Uh, like I don't know what to do and was just stuck in that mode of head down. Don't talk about it. Just keep going. And so I found myself doing everything for everyone else. And I mean, like, you know, good stuff, taking care of, you know, being the husband I need to be for my, for my wife, being the mother, I, I mean, the father I needed to be for my children, but to the point where I wasn't taking care of me, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't doing things that I enjoy. It was going from one task to the, to the next. Uh, and I was bombarded so much and didn't allow myself time to take care of me that even when I would try to get away, I was, my mind was still back to that next task. And so I think it's so imperative that as we talk about, you know, the mental health piece uh, and even in relation to the gospel, they go hand in hand. You know, it's not separate. Like, you know, it's you know, it's okay to believe God, serve God, fill with the spirit of God. And then if necessary, you know, see a therapist, uh, talk to a life coach. I mean, it's okay to be vulnerable as men, I mean, and so I think that is so key. Um, and as you stated, how God stripped you and, and, you know, and I would use the term, you know, we all go through that stripping or that humbling process so that we can get to our authentic self. But I mm-hmm. really believe it speaks to the heart of God, mm-hmm. wanting us to get to a place where we can be vulnerable, number one, with him, you know, that that relationship and then with one another. And it mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're going to tell everybody everything. But yeah. we have key people in our life that we can be naked and unashamed with, uh, because we we yeah. are truly in this thing together. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, man. So tell me, what does men's uh, health and wellness mean to you? Um, you know, just as Andre was saying, you know, the um, you know, it's, it's, the scriptures are true. So if the script if the scriptures are true which I believe they are. Right. And, and and I'm speaking to people that, that wrestle with cognitive dissonance. This is why I say if the scriptures are true, because some people don't believe it to apply it. If Jesus said the greatest commandments were to love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that that's a holistic thing. And a lot of people love God with words. Mm-hmm. And he says the greatest commandments to to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. Yeah. If you don't love yourself, you cannot fully love God or receive his love in order to love someone else. Mm-hmm. It all goes back. It, it, I like to read scripture backwards, reverse engineer it. If you love yourself, you will love your neighbor and love God. Or you would love yourself, you would love God and love your neighbor. But some of us don't know how to receive God's love because we've 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 had a perception of God as our parents. Mm-hmm. Or our, our relationship really with our father. I used to think that God wanted me to do religious works in order for him to be happy or bless me. And like, if I messed up, I was, I would beat myself up and walk around in so much shame because 
I don't know what happens in our childhood mind where we relate God to our parents. And, you know, I grew up like, you know, like I thought I had to get my dad's approval and his love by doing everything perfect. And I believe a lot of people think God is like that. God knew we were imperfect. That's why he sent Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So it's like rest in the fact that you don't have to be perfect, but you are because of Christ. Now, are you still going to mess up? You still going to sin and miss the mark? Yeah, absolutely. But his grace is sufficient. You can't stay in shame. That's where the enemy comes in. That's where the dark thoughts come in. That's where the suicidal ideation comes in. That's, that's for me. That's where I was. I was in a very dark place because you have to continue to apply the gospel. And, and like you said, Andre, when you've done all these things, I, I believe the gospel, I believe the scriptures, I've got prayer, healing, deliverance, counseling. Okay, maybe I need a therapist now because I need to talk through some deeper things. And so for me, it was Jesus and a therapist. And I, I, I do, uh, advocate for that. You know, we have Jesus and a dentist for our teeth. We have Jesus and a mechanic for our car. We have Jesus and a gym for our body. And so we should have Jesus and a therapist for our mind. So if we are to love God with our heart, soul, and mind, then, then, and our strength, then that's how we should work on our holistic health. Mm-hmm. And yeah. until we do that, I believe we will remain unhealthy. And just like we go to get checks on every other thing, somehow, I don't know what it is, but maybe we thought that was the world's job to just be in therapy and mental health and psychology. But that was a part of the church, the early church. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So that's why I advocate for it. No, that's good. And, you know, that really speaks to even loving your life. You know, one of the things that the, the foundational principle of, of loving your life uh, is just truly dealing with the holistic person. Uh, because oftentimes we put our hands or we try to put our hands to something and mm-hmm. give it our full attention or 100 percent of us, you know, to whatever we're working on. But because we're not taking care of self-care. You know, mm-hmm. we're truly not able to care for something that we're trying to do because we don't have the ability. We're not at a place where we're caring for ourselves. And so uh, yeah. that's good, man. I really like that that analogy of, you know, Jesus and the dentist, Jesus and the mechanic. Uh, why not Jesus and the therapist? That's good. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. And so, and, and oh, when go it goes for men, I just I wanted to say this. Sorry to cut you off, sis. Because uh, I, I didn't feel like I answered your question. But for men, like what I see in the church what has happened. We've taught women how to be good wives. We taught them how to be virtuous women, how to wait for Boaz and, you know, and, and it's like, we haven't taught men to be whole men. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think that is when you, when you look at the Bible and how the men went up to worship and they led prayer and, you know, they led praise. It's like, yo, and then you look at other cultures, like even on Instagram, you see these dancing videos of these other cultures and all these men are around celebrating. I love seeing that. Yeah. And then you come into most churches and you see women leading the praise team, women doing the prayer. Nothing against that. Women are going to naturally stand up and lead. But and I remember uh, Bishop Green, Bishop Jackie, like just snatched me in the rooms and just taught me how to pray. And I'll be like, I'm the only man up in here. 
And, yeah. and so it's like, but we need that training and men need to know, first of all, we got to validate and heal that young boy mm-hmm. that didn't have his daddy or was broken or can't trust people. Um, and then just what society is doing for men and black men, especially, yeah. um, we need to really focus on our mental because, you know, PTSD is passed down generationally since slavery and all the stuff that we've experienced. So this stuff is in our DNA, these generational sins and things. And so we, we have a lot of work to do. So just as prevalent as all the issues are, the healing is just as more prevalent. And once you can access that, you will unlock a river of healing for you that you can jump into whenever you need to. That's real. No, that's good. I, I, um, you know, again, it's so deep because, you know, that, that mental health piece and just that holistic approach, um, one of the things that we are, when, you know, when we're working with people, you know, and, and functioning in the realm of a life coach, we are, are quick to make sure that we talk about the whole person, you know, body, yeah. soul, spirit, you know, and talking, you know, from the health component, you know, diet, exercise, drinking water, you know, supplements, obviously the word. Uh, yeah. you know, for those who, who are, are believers, I mean, everything we do is, is word based anyway, regardless yeah. if people believe or not. Um, yeah. because, but it, it is so important. And as you talked about, like even a mental health. So number one adjustment in my life, you know, I, I made time and I would, I would love to say this started 10, 15 years ago. I think honestly, for me, I really had an awakening of the importance of my mental health probably about two to three years ago, you know, mm-hmm. making some adjustments and, professionally, uh, in the ministry, just seeing some things, experiencing some things, and just really spent some time for the first time in some years of just truly reflecting on where I was, where I was going, but in and really paying attention to the state of my mind and my body. And I yeah. had to make some adjustments because for years, you know, it was just head down, you know, taking care of uh, my wife, you know, she was battling uh, um, chronic illness, Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And so I had that, I wore that caregiver hat with love, mm-hmm. no qualms about it. Love my wife and I'm, I'm going to do what I need to do. Uh, uh, father taking care of four children, working full time, uh, you know, principal in education, but then also ministry full time. Mm-hmm. And my, I say all to say that I was not doing things that I needed to do for my mental health. And so I had to begin to make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. But for me, I know now I couldn't articulate it then. But some of my struggle, as we talk about mental health and the importance of men, black men, men in general, but black men in mental health, it does require us to make some adjustments um, mm-hmm. and invest in our mental health. So there are some things that I had to reorganize. There are some things I had to put down. Um, there are some definitely I had to spend more time in gathering people um, because I can't do it by myself. But also I had to invest in supplements. You know, there's things yeah. that I take for my cognitive health, uh, yep. because number one, being a father, being a man, uh, obviously we we were wrestling. We're smack dab in the middle of, well, I would hopefully not in the middle. Hopefully we're on the other side of it. But a lot of the things we've seen this last year and a half with social mm-hmm. injustice, uh, yeah. you know, social injustice, uh, social unrest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the things that we've seen, I mean, that impacts, you know, and I struggle yeah. with anger and look, you know, protesting in my own right but I knew I needed to get help I knew I needed to talk with someone I knew I needed to make sure I'm investing in my mental health because it's easy to get caught up in 
the day to day and just keep your mouth mm-hmm. shut. Don't say anything. And yep. so, uh, as men, and it, it's, it's so important that we take time, you know, to have gatherings like this, to, to just commune with one another and to make time for us, you know? Yeah. So good. So for both of you, I have a question. Why is the integration of mental, physical, spiritual health necessary for men? I'm going to start with you, Warren. Why is it so important? Uh, because, you know, our brain is what makes everything function. You know, of course, our heart, you know, and our, our brain. But it's this 18 inches between our heart and our brain that that causes most of the uh, issues the bible says out of the heart flow the issues of life and so but but when we when the bible talks about the heart and the hebrew scriptures it is talking about a totality it's talking about your mind will and emotions Mm -hmm. and and so i i want to say who who really started dealing with that in the church was td jakes Mm -hmm. in a way he didn't call it mental health but the he motions and the woman now lose that that was starting, to, but the but the mental health for men is key because there's an attack on men, especially black men um, and brown men. But there's an attack on us because we are the nucleus of the family, and a, a lot of people will not agree with that in this day and age and cancel culture. You can't cancel the kingdom, so that's what I like to say. But it is a priority for men to get their mental health because we are the leaders. We are the protectors. We are the providers. I'm not saying that women don't provide. Women definitely do provide, lead, protect, nurture, all that. But I was, um, I was, I was talking at some event a few years ago and they were talking about everybody and their disparities and who's overlooked. And I was like, none of y'all brought up black men. And I mm-hmm. stood and spoke loud and I said, you have forgotten us. Yeah. And it was like, like, let's just think about the mental health. Of, these, these brothers behind me, what was Martin Luther King's mental health like? What was Malcolm X's mental health like? The paranoia. I've had to deal with that. So it's so important to deal with the mind because everything starts here. Yeah. The cognitive behavior, the, the way you think you are your thoughts. So you, your thoughts become things. So if you're not thinking clearly, you won't live clearly. If you're not thinking right, you won't live right. And even A.W. Tozer said the, the most important thing a Christian can do is to think, think rightly about God. And what we have forgotten even about faith is faith was never supposed to be a spoon fed practice or religion if you want i call it religion just for the sake of it it was supposed to be a thinking person's religion we should think through the bible we should ask questions we should think through life well why am i experiencing this and we should pause and feel what's going on in our body and meditate and and like you said andre like the anger okay so why am i angry or why do i why am i so emotionally triggered by this and yeah you, but, but if you've never really been exposed to how to start doing that inventory, mm-hmm. you'll live a life of either dysfunction or destruction or just, you know, no direction, just being tossed to and fro. And so the mind will give you direction to where you need to go and, and how you need to heal. That's, That's why mental That's health true. is so important. Yeah. You know, and I would say even, you know, to piggyback why mental health is so important, number one, because 
you know, Jesus went to the cross for the whole man. Obviously our mm-hmm. spirit, you know, eternal salvation, but he went to the cross so that we could be healed and we could be delivered. We could live a life of, of completion. Okay. And, and so I think some of us have gotten caught up in, we look at religion as, uh, flesh or works, but there's another, you know, that, that if you say the right things, you do the right things, uh, but Jesus Christ went to the cross for our mind, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to have peace in our mind, yeah. you know, uh, clarity in our thoughts, uh, not being tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. It takes mm-hmm. a level of mental fortitude uh, and mental clarity to stay focused yeah. on the word while simultaneously living in the world, battling the things that we do day in and day out. And so, when for, and this is for somebody, for those who struggle with, even as we talked about when Warren mentioned Jesus and the therapist, there are some believers, and this is not attacking anyone, but some people struggle with uh, therapy or life coaches for Christians because, and I want to say this is for somebody, we're not saying that as believers, number one, you don't go to God, you don't pray, you don't seek his face. But we are saying that just like you mentioned, we go to a mechanic to fix our car. You have specialists uh, that deal with the thoughts in the mind. And mm-hmm. so I want to say for those, if, if, if you are wrestling with being a believer and therapy, you know, my prayer and my hope is that you don't allow someone to talk you out of something that you need because you may be on that cliff Come on. and you need someone professionally trained in the yes. area of your thought life that has got you twisted. You need somebody professionally trained that can walk you off of that cliff. And so, you know, don't let anyone take your liberty, you know, uh, get what you need. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. so, but, but that's for somebody because, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm a believer, but I'm not saying you lay down Jesus to go talk to a therapist. No, I'm saying I go into therapy with Jesus if that's what I need. You know what I'm That's saying? That's right. You, know? <laughs> you don't leave Jesus like Jesus. Thank you for your services. <laughs> right. I'm gonna go to somebody who's more professional than right. you. <laughs> and no, it that. I mean, okay. Here's the thing. When, when you said mechanic, it just made me think about now. When you have car problems, and I grew up having car problems, my own car problems. Not my parents' cars, of course, but you know, you pray sometimes, Lord, let me just make it, Lord, 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 and let me get yeah. the money to fix my car. Sometimes you do gotta pray to get from A to Z, yeah. but eventually, yeah. you have to see a mechanic, correct, or buy a new car. Yeah. Like there, there, there has to be a solution. Like I drove my '95 Honda for 17 years. Yeah. I did not care about what everybody else was driving. I had no car payment. I rode that thing till the wheels almost fell off. 342,000 miles. But it got to a point where I couldn't keep repairing something that was not fit for use anymore. Come on. And so I had to say, you know what? I have to let this go and just let it be what it is. Thank you. But I can no longer put money into a car that has no value. I can no longer think thoughts that have no value. I can no longer walk in shame because it has no value. I am worthy. I am bought with a price. I am the called beloved and the kept. 
And 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 that's the type of thing. That that analogy alone, trying yeah. to fix something that's been broken for so long, you can't keep putting a band-aid on it. You gotta just right. let it rest and die. And so, you know, because because otherwise you'll waste time, you waste yeah. money, you waste re- resources, energy trying to fix something that's broken, and you need something new. And and and. The Bible speaks so much about mentality scriptures. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Like if we really look in the scriptures, God is speaking to our mental health. Come on. We, we just haven't had somebody to see it clearly. And that's what you all are doing. That's why I love what you guys are doing because we are we, Jesus. I love what you said, Andre. Jesus died for the whole person, the whole man, the whole woman. He died for all of us. And that's the power of the gospel, but that's also the power of community. That's why we need each other to help each other, not just to confess sins, but restore one another. Like you can tell me your business, but are you restoring me after you told me? After I told you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's why Jesus came. He came to restore us and save us and redeem us. So we have to also do that work as his children. Yeah. You know, and even as you're, as you were talking, I was just thinking about now, you know, you mentioned, uh, just think about the things you just mentioned, but all the people that we're connected to, whether it's our significant other, our children, our spouse, our, our uh, coworkers, uh, family members. And if we're wrestling with uh, mental confusion, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, our thought life, you know, feeling we're rejected, unworthy, all the things that, you know, if that's a constant wrestle. So not only are we, we're not in a place uh, that is in a good state for us, but all the people that are pulling from us, people that we're pouring into, we're not able to pour uh, all of what we need to pour into them because we're dealing with all these things in the mind. And mm-hmm. so I want to stress, and that's that's the, the power or the importance of the whole person. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm spending time with my wife, uh, you know, hanging out, having a good time, just resting, intimacy, all of that, she deserves to have all of me. Same yeah. time, spending time with the, the kids. Mm-hmm. They deserve to have all of me. And so it behooves us men to make sure that mental health piece is, is intact because that way we can truly give and receive love like we're called to, you know, because yeah. um, at the end of the day, we're, we are shaping the lives of those connected to, especially when we look at our children, our spouse, our significant other. we're helping to shape our children's lives. And I shared, I, I wasn't able to articulate it like this, but I knew the importance of fatherhood. And then when we began to kind of get into this mental health piece, I knew it was so important to address the things that were revealed to me that are areas of struggle for me. Um, because if not, there was some areas that I was not going to be able to pour into my children like I needed to. And so yeah. it is so important. Loving your life enough to know, yes, it's for you, but it's not just for you. It's for those connected to you. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And, and this is what I want to say right before you, you keep making me think of other stuff. What I said even about religion, the cognitive dissonance of religion, there is also another cognitive dissonance of therapy 
So you can go to therapy, you can read the books, you can have all this knowledge and regurgitate it, but if you don't apply it, there is no transformation. And so again, it's all about life application. I don't, I don't care what your religion is. I really don't. If you're not applying it, you're not a follower of it. Right. Mm The, 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 Jesus says, John 13, 35, they will know that you are my, my disciples by the love you have for one another. Mm-hmm. Do they know? Yeah. 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 That's, That's good. good. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of throw a little curveball here. Okay. So okay. for leaders, pastors, fathers, those that have sat under unwise counsel, that mm. seeing a therapist, a counselor, a life coach means that you don't have enough faith mm-hmm. and they have deposited that lie and infected souls with that mess. What would you say to, to that individual that's like, Oh, you don't have enough faith. If you got to call a counselor and, and see a therapist, and what would you say to them? I would say the devil is a lie. <laughs> um, that's, that's what I would say first. And matter of fact, I actually, when I was teaching in Jamaica, uh, on, on, on Jesus and a therapist, mm-hmm. I started off apologizing for religious abuse and spiritual yeah. abuse. Yeah. And God led me to do that. That opened it up for people to receive the truth because they probably never heard a pastor apologize for abusing them. So I stood in proxy for that. And then secondly, the, the, it takes faith to see a therapist. Yes. And it takes works to apply the therapy. So Jesus and a therapist is God. I've read your word. Now, as a pastor, knowing the word as a, as a two, two degrees from seminary and, and a secular degree, been to seminary, know the scriptures, studied Hebrew, know Greek. Okay. Know all that. I still needed a therapist. Mm-hmm. So if, if you model it as a leader, you won't tell your parishioners or your followers That's not it. to go. Yeah. So you can't lead them somewhere where you haven't gone. And yeah. you can't tell people where, you know, you don't have faith. No, it takes, like I said with the analogy, keep trying to drive a car without oil in it or, or with a bad timing belt. See how far you get in life. See how far you get in life without some therapy. And I'm not saying everybody's jacked up, and everybody, but some people, I've pastored enough people and this statistic is old, that 35% of people in church have mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. So if it's 35%, and that was maybe about seven, eight years ago, it might be 50% now, especially as crazy as the world is. Don't right. tell me the pandemic didn't affect your mental health. Don't tell me the, right. the last president didn't affect your mental health or your relationships or your kids or your toxic work environment or, or you covering up the abuse in your life and you don't understand why you do the things that you do and the addictions that you have though those are signs you may need to see a therapist and i and i'll tell you this god still loves you and he doesn't think that you lost faith or you don't trust him He, he actually will support that and and encourage you and and people don't know people will speak against what they've never experienced. So don't let right. that be your experience. That's good. You know that um this is rich because um well well several things. Uh when we talk about for whoever uh whatever people in the church or pastors and obviously we're not talking about all 
who've uh, made people feel condemned if they went to see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I do think that's uh, spiritual abuse because if you look at it, and I'm going back again to some of the things you stated, that same pastor would say, if your car is broke, go to a mechanic. That same pastor would say, if you have teeth problems, go to a dentist. If you're wrestling with thoughts, you know, ruminating thoughts in your mind, those thoughts that are over and over, that's destructive to the point where it's crippling your ability to move forward. Mm-hmm. Why would that same pastor not say, go talk to someone about your mental health? Uh, yep. Because you, you refer them to a professional in every other sphere. And so yeah. I raised the question, could it be because they want to continue that, keep it raw, radical, real, pimp, prostitute relationship? Yep. If I, if I got your mind, I got you. If I got you, I got your, I got your, I got your tithe. I got your loyalty, even when I'm wrong. Come on now. And so it, 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 let's just be real because at the end of the day, Jesus died for our freedom and God forbid any man. I don't care what the title is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what church, what denomination. God forbid anyone, anyone uh, becomes a ruler in my life outside yeah. of Jesus Christ. And so free. I want to stress, brothers and sisters, it's time to get free. If you need, you know, we're not saying that everybody needs therapy, but I'm saying if you need someone to talk to, you need someone to talk to and don't allow anyone to talk you out of them. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, hey, uh, stop playing games. Uh, Listen, it's a, it's toxic a lot of relationship. Amen. Pastoral toxic relationships yeah. is nothing different than an, a, a woman or a man being yeah. in an abusive relationship and somebody saying, no, you don't need to do that because they want to control you. That's right. all it is. And so you have to discredit it and discount it so you still look like the savior and there's only one savior and the right. bible says whom the son sets free That's is true. free indeed not not who the pastor sets free who the bishop yeah. sets free who the therapist sets free whom the son sets free but he did leave people in the earth i i want to um read this quote from kimberly boone of mental chatter that i used in my jesus and therapist she and it addresses this thing with with, with pastors and parishioners the issue is that people are often led to feel that by admitting that they are struggling with psychological and emotional distress that their faith is now in question Mm -hmm. some people truly believe that by going to therapy you are saying that god can't heal you that these demonic forces are attacking you can be prayed out of you and that therapy is not needed God put therapists like me on the earth to be of service to others, just like he put doctors, teachers, lawyers, dentists, and any other helping professionals here to help us. Yeah. So if, if, if God didn't want therapy, then there wouldn't be therapists. It's like if God didn't want tigers, there wouldn't be tigers, but there's tigers. Right. So you, you, you you know the tiger is powerful and strong and, and and can rip you to shreds. So what do you do? Hey, I'm stay away from that tiger. I'll go see you behind a cage. When it's a therapist, I can come from behind my cage and can right. get free. The cage is in my mind, and I won't be this tiger that's running loose. These thoughts that are running loose in my mind. But a therapist can help help guide you and lead you. And God, if you pray about it, God may just provide a therapist. Or somebody like, or a podcast like Love Your Life 
to help you a little bit more. So don't be discouraged by what your pastor is saying. It takes faith to see the see a therapist and work yeah. to apply it. Yeah, that's good. You know, and even for Crystal and I, the big part of why we started loving your life uh, was because number one, we saw the need. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, so we sought out training as holistic health coaches to be that in addition to preaching, teaching the word of God and believing in God and standing on faith, also having the, the venue to just to talk with people and help them understand uh, that Jesus is concerned about the whole person. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. many of the people that we spend time, we meet with, we, we're helping is number one, uh, trying to make sure they have that holistic approach. Um, mm-hmm. And then, be aware of, of that mindset, that thinking, because it, it does start there. Uh, so it, it's definitely needed. So Crystal asked you a question about, well, what would you say to the person? Um, mm-hmm. You said, number one, the devil is alive. And you begin to elaborate. And I think, too, it's wisdom, because at the end of yeah. the day, there's a lot of people that are in need or in, and are hurting and are vulnerable enough and transparent enough to say, this is what's going on. I need help. And so I'll let people know, you know, this is how I can assist or, or what my thoughts are. But I'm not spending a lot of time trying to convince you. There's plenty of people that are in need. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, this is a part of our ministry. And so at the end of the day, I'm going to keep it pushing if necessary, uh, and go to the next because time is valuable. I don't have time to get stuck on trying to persuade someone. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because hey, this thing is real. Uh, one of the ways that we, uh, minister to people or one of our are called to people is helping them get to a place of freedom through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I don't have time. We don't have time to get stuck on trying to convince someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll keep doing, we doing, maybe there'll be a time we'll have to circle back. But at the end of the day, this is, we're moving forward. You keep, you know, after we have that initial conversation and you don't believe you don't want that, that's okay. I love you. Love of Christ. I'm going to keep moving. Um, like Nehemiah said, why must the work stop while I come down and talk to you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm gonna keep building this wall. Well, we're gonna keep doing mm-hmm. what we're called to do. And then, mm-hmm. uh, it is gonna, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, you know? Uh, so I, I, I think it's, it's important to not allow anyone, uh, to have that much influence to where they're taking your time to the point where you're not able to fulfill your mission. Uh, absolutely. You know? And, and- so, Go ahead. I keep cutting uh, you off, Chris. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't want to manslay. I really want to hear from you. Please go ahead. Well, okay. So every time Andres, I, I love you, bro. I miss you, man. I ain't seen you in a minute. So you're just sparking me. And um, I need to hang out with you more just because that's sure, going to be good for my mental health. Even that, you know. And so I like to use the Bible to, to really you know, counter these arguments that you don't need a therapist. Okay, the woman at the well, did Jesus lay hands on her right away? Or did he sit down and have a conversation, conversation. with her listen to her? And then at the end of the conversation, there was transformation. And she's like, yo, come see a man. Jesus is the ultimate therapist. She could have said, come see a therapist. Come see a savior. Come see the Lord. Of course, he's Lord, savior. But if we call him, Wonderful counselor. Come on. <laughs> right, right. 
then there may be some people who can counsel us just like Christ that mm. will lead us to a more fruitful relationship with God Come on. because we went to therapy. Mm. And so how many times did Jesus sit down with somebody or have a conversation? The man with legion who had legions of demons, he had a conversation with him yes. before he drove those demons out. He asked, what is your name? What are yeah. you going through? Tell me about your, t those are therapy. <laughs> That's therapeutic methods Jesus is using because he's the ultimate therapist. And so you cannot tell me if God provided pastors and he's the ultimate pastor. And if he is everything in all through all and above all, why can't he use therapists just like he uses pastors, teachers, evangelists, you know, mm -hmm. The whole fivefold ministry. So, and I'm not adding to the Bible. I'm just saying when you look at Jesus and his interactions with people that were healed, there were conversations that took place before their transformation. That's it. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah man. And, and you know, the reality of it is, and I'm not, again, this is not speaking of all churches. I, I am no one to talk about yeah. how the church but I, I am sharing sometimes the reality of it is the pastor may not have the ability to sit down and really spend a lot of time with people going through their mental health. And so it, yes. it behooves the church to have people on staff that are willing, able and have the time uh, to address that mental health piece. And if they don't be open and, and referring people out. Uh, but either way, if, if uh, for parishioners, get what you need. You know and, what I'm saying? And, 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 and there are churches. So I remember when Bishop Jackie and, and Pastor Green were on staff with my dad at First Institutional, she was over pastoral counseling. Mm -hmm. So they were there. He hired people to deal with life's issues. Yeah. And there are churches now there are, that, that are hiring psychologists and therapists to be on staff because the pastor cannot deal with everything. Correct. And does and, and it is out of his scope. If I have a seminary degree, I shouldn't be your therapist. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. That's not my scope. Can I give you some overall arcing things and stuff that I've learned and experienced and read? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not a I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I can't prescribe anything. I can lead you to the Word of God. I can listen. I can pray. But at the end of the day, if I see something deeper, I would say. I want to refer you to therapy. Mm -hmm. And that's what a good pastor, a healthy pastor would do. Yeah. 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 I think a pastor that knows who he is as well. Yeah. Or, or, or she, she is. She. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that that's crucial. Um, man, you hit so many, so many things. <laughs> we could probably be on here for three hours. Right. Um, right. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, man. So hearing all of this and, all of us having a background in, in pastoring and still pastoring in the capacity that God has us leading um, as, as the world being our, our community. And so how do you balance it? You know, coming out of these systems that have really wrecked a lot of people's perspective when it comes to 
their relationships, how they parent. Because as my husband mentioned, you know, when you go and you take care of your mental health, it helps you to be a better husband. It helps you be a better father. Yeah, right. And so a lot of times that you have people and pastors and leaders that are frustrated mm-hmm. with their members, right? Yeah. But the solution many times is them getting the therapy and the counseling so that they yep. have clarity about who they are and their purpose and how to serve within the community. And so yeah. coming out of systems that have been set up to keep, unfortunately, people stuck um, or in this whirlwind, same situation, new season. Um, yeah. Your process of transitioning out of those environments, how did you learn to maintain balance now uh, with spiritual health um, and how it, because it has a domino effect. It affects everything that you do, you touch it, um, you know, everything that you put your hands to. So how do you maintain that balance without getting pulled one to the left to the right? Wow. That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, some boundaries. Um, I, I, I really had to learn boundaries. I had to learn how to express my feelings and I, I'm still learning. Sometimes it just comes out and I don't say it the right way. Um, but it, it really was setting boundaries on people who were not good for my mental health. Um, you know, family, uh, politicians, racists, whatever it was, you know, it's like, okay, well, you want to keep commenting on Facebook? Boom. I can't, you're done. I'm blocking you. Um, because it just wasn't good for my mental health. You know, people threaten to kill me, you know, things like that. You know, I put my life on the line. So it's a lot of paranoia and FBI surveillance and stuff like that. So I can't even imagine what Dr. King and Malcolm X were under. So it's, it's protecting your peace, you know, going on vacation, you know, really I hadn't, when going back to how I started, when I said, I was a hospice chaplain. Let's just start there. My job was dealing with death every day. So that, and I would be going in my car crying because I'm an empath and I just, I taking on all that every day. It just took its toll on me. Pastoring is the fourth worst job in America. (laughs) And so that. Being, being in a toxic marriage, trying to protect your children and make sure they don't catch the shrapnel from that. Um, and at the end of the day, I didn't put myself first mm-hmm. and my, my health first. And in 2018, God gave me a word. He said, your freedom. No. What did he say to me? He said, because uh, I wrote it down, your real change has to do with your wholeness. I didn't understand what that meant at the time. I didn't know I was going to be going through storm after storm. And and I had already been in therapy years before just to, it was suggested. Actually, I did a pastoral assessment when we were replanting the church and, and they suggested therapy. And so here's a healthy group of people who, vet pastors and make sure they are psych. I can't even tell you how many psychological tests we took at this church planting organization, which is why I believe some pastors should not be pastoring without psychological evaluation. We took, I can't even tell you, I mean, at least seven psychological tests. It made you crazy just taking all these tests, Uh but they wanted to figure out if you were fit to pastor. And so they, they gave, 
me a yellow light and uh, or it was a green light with call uh, with with some things like yes you're fit to pastor but do these things some people it's yellow pause you're not ready but therapy was one of those things but I didn't know that in 2018 that that wholeness when he said you're real that real change is connected to your wholeness I really didn't know what that meant until I went through the storm and okay. and then I started applying that and I really had some heavy suicidal ideation in 2019 in May and I was in this house by myself and I'm like God and, and you know shame and sin and the secrecy and and until you reveal all that and open yourself up like someone said before you cannot heal what you don't reveal right. and so when you're ready to reveal it and it wasn't just the present things um it was the past things. One of the first things my therapist told me was, you've never grieved your parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so accurate. And he said, your divorce is now like a, 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 a culmination of all that stuff that you never dealt with. And it was a real eye-opener with me. I learned about trauma bonds, and I learned how about narcissism. And it took blinders off my eyes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're so nice and so loving and trying to be Christ-like that we have no boundaries to protect our mental health and our soul. And so we're just hit, hit, hit because we're giving our lives away to people who are not pouring back into us. And so for me, reciprocity is very key through partnerships, through friendships, through your, your, your parental relationships, whatever that is. And being bold enough to say, I'm not okay with this. This is, you know, I'm going to say, no, I can't be in this environment. It's not good for my mental health. I'm going to end this conversation right now. It's just little things like that. And people who want to control you will be, will get offended, mm-hmm. but your mental health will be protected. And and I, and I hope I answered that question, but. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, as you were talking, it made me think about, um, the words of wisdom that Jethro gave Moses, uh, mm. you know, as he sat and he watched Moses judging the people's needs day in from sunrise to sunset all day. Yeah. You know, he spoke to him and said, Hey man, this thing that you do is not good, brother. Yeah. You, know, you, you going to wear away. You're going to wear out. Uh, you need to appoint people, uh, to judge, to counsel, to weigh, Crazy. to talk through some of these other things. Mm-hmm. And then certain things they bring to you. Now, I'm, you know, just looking at it now as a father, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have four kids. Our youngest is a daughter. Mm-hmm. And not only was Jethro's, I believe, not only was Jethro's words of wisdom righteous, but he was saying, look, man, you, you know, you're not God. You yeah. will wear away if you stay on this trajectory. If everybody, mm-hmm. if you're not putting up boundaries and telling people, no, you need to go over here, you need to go see them, you're going to wear away. But Jethro, in my mind, I believe he was also saying, look, brother, you know, I gave you my daughter now. Uh, <laughs> uh, look here, man. Don't get it twisted. You know, right. uh, my daughter deserves to have a husband, to have some a whole man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you know, you can't tell me that. Good. Uh, Therapy, counseling is not needed in the body of Christ. And so for mm-hmm. somebody, you know, sometimes people think that it's all this spooky and listen, okay? 
Uh, and obviously, you know, you got to use wisdom of who you go see. And, you know, so I'm not saying every counselor, every therapist, every life coach is, is, is the yeah. person you need to see, but there is some people, right. there are yeah. some, many, uh, that have what it is you need. And so again, uh, don't get stuck on the foolishness, the religion to the point where you're dying softly mm-hmm. in church every day, dying softly. Lauren Hill, what was that song? Killing Kill me, me softly. softly. I mean, can yeah. you imagine, you, you know, you sitting in church, uh, if that's you for years, <laughs> denying healing because you don't want to go see a, a life coach. You don't want to go see a therapist. Yeah. And God's like, what you looking at me for? I done told you, but you deny it. And so <laughs> some people, you know, at the end of the day, they're denying of everything that they need to get help. And this, again, we're not trying to advocate everybody needs a therapist. Everybody needs a life coach. No. Right. But if that's you, I would pray that, you know, they would have liberty to go get help uh, because mm-hmm. it's, it's too much at stake. Too much at stake. And then the imbalance is you can have so much therapy and so much, you know, psychiatry and all this stuff and not have the spiritual part. Correct. So there is a balance. We are mind, soul, and body. So make sure you balance all of that. Correct. Because, I, you know, people, uh, I've seen this and this and this, but there's still something missing. It's the God factor. It's the Christ factor. That's what's missing. And so if you reverse that for people who do have God, well, why are you coming to the altar every Sunday? Why are you, why are you always getting the bucket? What, what, something in your life has to change mentally because we need deliverance and discipleship. Yeah. And, And therapy and we need discipline. So, and I believe therapy adds to that balance of us, mind, body, and soul. No, that's and, good. and let's talk about the food too. I mean, we we got to eat right too. Like we come on, yeah. that goes back to your mental too. So everything is mental. It starts with the mind. When I lost fifty pounds a few years ago, and I gained some of it back in quarantine, y'all pray for me. But when um, <laughs> we all did, brother. <laughs> 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 but but uh I'm trying to lay aside this weight. Uh but uh we you know it was a mental battle and so that's why I even have Muhammad Ali because I thought like Muhammad Ali he said I hated every day of training but he knew that it was worth it to become yeah. great. And so when I would do my crunches when my trainer would throw my legs and my 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 uh the pain in my mind was hurt. You know what I used to do? I thought about Muhammad Ali and Jesus. I said, "Man, if Jesus can endure this cross, I can endure this pain right now. I'm not getting nails in my head. I'm just doing crunches. You know, it just yeah. it, mentally I had to just start. Okay. Yesterday when I'm jumping rope, I'm like, all right, Warren, you can do this. You did it before. Let's just get back in the rhythm. That's all you have to do. Let's just get back in a good rhythm. Yeah. And then your life can be back on the same pace of, of all, you know, holistic health. Which it, man, yeah, man, that, that's rich because again, that is the key, that holistic health, because you mentioned yeah. diet, you know, the reality of it is, I mean, there's so many documentaries, forks over knives. A lot of our healing is at the dinner table. Come on. You know? And so, but pastor ain't telling you that though. He telling you, know you what not saying? to go get a therapist. <laughs> you, you know, you need Jesus said a nutritionist. You know, so, <laughs> and, and so, so that's, that's the, the, the air. It's holistic. You know, yeah. we need, we need discipline at the dinner table. We need discipline. Yep. And our exercise, we need discipline, you know, and, and 
walking, getting our heart rate up, uh, you know, all those things are needed for the whole mm-hmm. person. And, mm-hmm. and too often we operate from these extremes, yeah. these polar opposites. And there's some things that we're robbing ourselves from because we're so extreme on one side or the other. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it is important for that whole person. And so for me, you know, when I shared, there's some things years ago, I, used, I began making adjustments. Um, number one, you know, and I'm older now, you know what I'm saying? I can't eat like I used to eat. Uh, and, and the weight don't fall off like it used to fall off. Oh, testify. You know what I'm saying? And so I have to be mindful. Uh, now don't trip now. It's, it's, uh, July 4th. I got some stuff marinating. I'm going to be on the grill. Uh, but keep in mind, there's a balance. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got to get my vegetables. I got to drink plenty of water. You, yeah. man, it's like 150 degrees in Arizona. You can't drink enough water. Uh, I know. You know, so the exercise piece. Obviously, daily intake of the word, uh, yeah. you know, and then for me, how I balance mental health is just even that taking time to go on walks, you know, enjoy nature, you know, when it's cool enough, uh, do things that we enjoy because mm-hmm. it's all needed yeah. uh, to yeah. get refreshed. Uh, one of the things, you know, when we read scriptures, oftentimes you hear, you know, Jesus, and he will go off into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. I believe a part of that was to just get away from, get refreshed and commune and spend time with the father. Because if you constantly have people pulling on and we're not Jesus, he got away and retreated to the mountains, (laughs) you know, but too many times as fathers, as husbands, we work, we work all day. We we maybe in ministry all day, you know, our spouses need stuff from us. Our children need stuff from us. Everybody needs, but we don't retreat to our mountain. Yeah. we don't retreat Good. to those that that place or those places that gives us rest and, and refresh us, uh, and we have to uh, because mm-hmm. we're in this thing for the long haul. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be in health with my children's children. You know, I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. uh, it's important that we take the time to take care of us, our mental health, every aspect of us, so that we can be mm-hmm. around for the long haul. That's, that's right. Crucial. Are you doing okay on time? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, I'm trying to try not to not talk so much. I was like, oh, it's about an hour. No, no, no you good. good. You good. But I'm, is, but I'm loving my life with y'all. <laughs> this is needed. One thing that um, is very, very important to me as a woman, as a wife, as a, as a mother, is that men in my life, I'm uh, being connected to them. Also, in in spite of all the chaos and the pain that you all have had to journey through, what I think it's important that you identify your strengths. Mm-hmm. Like what kept you your your ability to not give up. Right. You know, you this we all have stuff, but I think too many times your strengths come under the shadow of the pain. Versus yeah. like, man, had I not had this strength, I wouldn't have gone, gotten through this. So can you identify the strengths and the things that God just pre-wired you for and uh, gave you the ability to be where you are today? Mm. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. Um, yeah, honestly, what kept me going was my children. Mm-hmm. And and just knowing that 
I have to survive for them. I have to live. I don't want them to live without a father. You know, that's why I started exercising. Um, and then when it came to mental health, that's why I started, you know, seeing a therapist so that I could be a better person. So I guess one of my strength, strengths is, is endurance. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I preached a message at my grandmother's homegoing service saying that I was built for this. And I don't, I, I'm to be honest and say, and I've, I've seen this a lot on Instagram. I don't want to be strong <laughs> because it's, I don't want, like, sometimes I don't want all these storms to make me strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but really it, it, in my weakness, Christ was strong in me. Um, and I felt the prayers of, of people. Um, I think what I, I would say my strength, is really my community. Mm. If, if it wasn't for people that love me and pray for me, I wouldn't be here, you know? And then it, it is a mental focus, a strength to say, okay, what are the priorities in life? Not this negativity, not this emotional distress, not this toxicity. We can't focus on that. You got to shift your focus. So the ability I think one of my strengths is the ability to see the positive, to see the future, to to hope, mm-hmm. really, to hope things get better, to love. my One of my biggest strengths is just loving through it and being the most authentic self. So at the end of the day, my children can say, yeah, I did have a good dad. You know, yeah. when they look at my character, my another strength for me is my consistency. I, I, you can just, there's a track record, just, just go back on my life and see how consistent I've been and I, I haven't deviated. And if, if I, I just recently said this, if people hate me, it's because you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple as that. Cause I'm a very loving person and, and, and I want, I give out what I want from, from other people. So I want love. I want peace. I've, even in the midst of chaos, I've learned to just find peace mm-hmm. and have a peaceful home to come home to. Right. For me, that that is strength. You need a safe haven. Like you said, I'm glad you brought that up, Andre, because I, I was thinking about that earlier, about Jesus retreating. And so there are times when I just need time to myself yeah. to fast and pray and read books and journal and just be creative. So, for, uh, oh, I, that, that is another thing, are being artistic. So I started painting. Um, um, I started playing the guitar. So I found new hobbies to give me strength because using the gifts that God gave me gave me a, a, an escape. It gave me a mountaintop experience when I couldn't get away. I would get away through music. I would get away through art. Right. So, yeah, man. It's a great question. That was heavy. I, I don't. I don't know if I was ready for that. Yeah, <laughs> so that was that was, that was a great question. That's good. Go yeah. ahead. That's good. Do you have any? No, you know, just because uh, your question was, how did you get through it? Or well, what? really, like, no. how do you identify your strengths and being able to rest in that versus? Because sometimes people can say, "Oh, you being prideful, you just arrogant." If you admit, like, "No, I'm pretty dope at this," you know, and yeah. you can like really. Uh, embrace you know this is this has cost me and this is the fruit that has been established through the storms 
And because I did not give up, this yeah. is what I hold on to. And it's okay to talk about that strength. I have endurance. I am resilient, you know, because you never know what's going to hit. Yeah. And truly yeah. being able to say. You, you're, you're right. You know, I, uh, just transparently, uh, what I came to know is there's victory through your vulnerability. Yeah. And people need to see your human side. So talk about that, the religious stuff. So there are little hints. You know, I don't try to tell social media all my business, but I am enduring a lot right now emotionally. And what the enemy wants you to do is, is, is to let those emotions take hold of you and get you stuck in a time loop and, yeah. and stuck in the past. And re uh, There's a show called Loki. Um, on Disney Plus, you should watch it. Y'all, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Oh, listen, Loki is if everything that I could think of through my process and dealing with narcissism and understanding time loops and people getting stuck in emotions and like it's it's God is using them. I don't know if they know how much they are, but whoever is writing, I'm like they are laying it out. Mm -hmm. And and he is he broke down in repentance in the last episode and got to his knees. I said, "You eventually will bow. You can't cause that much destruction. Come on, yeah. and you have to see yourself." So it happened for me. I bowed, you know, and and so yes, and I love what you said, Crystal, because yes, people will think they think I'm arrogant and think, "Oh, well, he's full of himself." No, you don't know. When I was crying every day, you don't know the video that I didn't release of the brokenness and my tears of wanting to see my daughter, you know, and, and it's just so much that people don't know about you because they make you a personality and don't value you as a person. Yeah. And so I started just valuing myself as a person, as a whole person, instead of appeasing the personality that the people want. You gonna get me. This is what you gonna right. get. Yeah. You love me or you hate me. And Buster right. Rhymes said it higher later. You hate me because you ain't me. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just and and I just want people to be free in who they are. I have a saying that I started a, a few years ago: have the audacity to be authentically you without apology. And yeah. that's where my freedom has come where religion tried to box me in, where my parents tried to box me in, where politics wanted me to be this. God is breaking all those molds. I'm not saying go crazy and do whatever you want, cuss people out and do all this. You know, you have your moral compass and your spiritual convictions. But for me, I feel like my biggest strength through the storm has learning to be authentically me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good, man. You know, and even as you say, learning to be authentically me, uh, I'm thinking of, you know, my own life, my own journey and story, because I've always prided myself in being strong. But sometimes and I'm for me, I'm not saying for everybody, but for me and I am a very strong person. But mm -hmm. at times when I look back over my life, strong to a fault, meaning uh, the fault came in where I wasn't at a place to when I needed to be vulnerable to say I'm hurting mm -hmm. or I need help. And for whatever reason, upbringing, experience, uh, wanting approval, mm -hmm. there were certain aspects in my life, certain, because people only see 
your life, but they don't know the intricate details and depths of your story. So yeah. there are certain aspects in my life where I was not, uh, I was, I was strong to a fault because I wasn't vulnerable in some areas. Hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put my head down, just, I gotta be strong and kept going. And God was really trying to help me get to a place where say, no, you don't have to keep going in this area. You need to ask for help. You need to rally people. You need to be vulnerable enough and, and uh, transparent enough to say, I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. I need help or I need to pivot or I need to adjust or yeah. I'm not able to do this. Right. Uh, and so I, I had to learn in certain areas of my life over some years that Dre, man, you, you know, you're killing yourself and you're mm-hmm. frustrated, but ultimately you have the power to do something about it, but you have to humble yourself in these areas to let people know this is what it is. And so, because being vulnerable is a strength. That is strength. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, when I look back over my life, you talked about that stripping process, stripping, humbling process. There was some personal, um, out of the limelight per se, areas in my life where I had to be stripped and humbled to the place where I would, you know, openly say, hey, I need help. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and then even dealing with, you know, childhood, realizing that there were some areas and I had a loving mother, father, uh, you know, raised in a two parent home. Wasn't, you know, we weren't necessarily raised in church, but they, we mm-hmm. feared God. Uh, but I didn't realize until, you know, as an adult, there were some areas in my life where I was, uh, used to pleasing which I believe started off with my father and it, it turned mm. into pleasing man. And so instead of saying no, I was trying to please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over years, you know, that had to wait, wait a minute. No, oh, you, mm-hmm. you need to you be upfront. You're not able to do this. And it yeah. took me some years to realize that some of that was rooted in, uh, trying to gain, uh, approval. Uh, which was tied to, you know, my childhood. So I think when I look at my life, it's just walking it out and then, you know, in the go, God revealing, these are some areas you need to work on. Um, yeah. And then being disciplined enough to say, okay, God, because, you know, I don't want to repeat. I don't want to stay stuck. I don't want to repeat that cycle. Right. I want to learn what I need to learn, get from what, what I need to get from it so I can keep going forward. So, uh, and so that's why it's so important for us men to have that group of people. It may, it's not going to be everyone, but someone that we can be transparent with, uh, yeah. you know, because, you know, it, it's needed. It, it, it's definitely needed, man. So this, this is rich. This is, this is really rich. Yeah. It's so good, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So overall, Warren, what would you say has been the benefit in prioritizing your overall health and wellness as a man? What has been the benefit? Um, I'm just happier. You know, I live, I'm, I'm living a life of, um, you know, learning what it is to be happy. And I, I, I couldn't say that I was happy for a lot of years and, uh, that's that's you know i the bible says count it all joy you know when you face various trials 
for the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let patience have a perfect work in you so that you will be mature and not lacking in anything. That really, that's my calling scripture of where I was called to preach. And really, I've had to understand what joy is, really is in yeah. the middle of chaos and to count it all joy and just, um, yeah, that, that's, that's been the benefit. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's just being okay with being who you are and who God designed you the way he designed you. You know, when you, when you have to question yourself in a church environment, when you have to question yourself in a political environment, work environment, in a marriage, and he's like, like, why am I questioning myself? And then you get free and you pull back from all those things and those people and those places. And you're like, oh, wow, I wasn't crazy this whole time. I was actually the healthy one <laughs> trying to find solutions and trying to really be the best version of myself. But you can't do that surrounded by people who are who don't know who they are yet. And so, or just want to control you back to the pastor thing. And so the benefit for me has been being my most authentic self and then helping people go through that journey um, themselves. So walking my children through that, them going through, through their own personal therapy, their uh, family therapy, teaching people across the country and uh, virtually or helping out therapists, uh, excuse me, activists get therapy, you know, um, because that, because it benefited me. It's like a good restaurant. If, if I ate at a place and, and it was amazing, I would yeah. tell everybody about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, it's going to bless you. Trust me. Like you, you, somebody go, well, what, where should I eat? Look, go to this place. I'm telling you, get this, this, and this. And so that's what therapy has been. That's what holistic health has been for me. Uh, you know, and, and so I love also that this is a moment to preach the gospel. And, and I'm, when I mean preach, or, or let me just say share the gospel. Because when you start talking about therapy, it opens you up to a whole different audience. And then you bring the gospel into it and show them how Jesus has been the ultimate therapist the whole time. It's like an aha moment for people. Then they're like, well, where, where are you, pastor? What church do you go to? And, you know, so all of that, God works in all of that. So that's why it has benefited me, and I wanted to benefit others. No, that's good. That's good. You know, even as I share with, uh, you know, and again, that mental health piece and being vulnerable and, you know, I'm just really, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about our topic, I'm thinking about our discussion. And I want people to know, I'm saying this for me, but in general, we all have a story, you know, and we all, through our experience, our upbringing, our childhood, our experiences, our highs and lows, our successes, joys, all of those things play a role in shaping us. Our failures. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've all fallen short. And so mm-hmm. for me, vulnerable, I want to stress, listen, um, I've messed up. I've hurt people. Uh, we all have. But yep. being vulnerable enough to say, please, you know, I repent. I'm one. My, I'm sorry. But oh, I hope yeah. that people get to a place where they can forgive themselves and forgive those that hurt them to the point where they realize that 
I'm not that same person mm-hmm. because sometimes we've, we've messed yeah. up in the past. We've, we've all done things wrong and we can't yeah. move forward with that person or persons because they, because they keep equating us in our immature infantile state. Yeah. And so, uh, I would encourage people to release him or her so mm. that you can move forward. Um, Amen. You know, we all, we all have a maturity process. We all matriculate in different paths to, at, you know, different speeds and velocities. And I, I, you know, I pray that the people that we've wronged as we've asked for forgiveness, we've repented, that they can release us and they can move forward and, and enjoy their life while simultaneously we as individuals move forward and enjoy our life. Uh, you know, yeah. so that's, that's somebody. It's important. I mean, this is a part of, you know, moving forward. Making it mm-hmm. in and going forward. So, so listen, man, um, this has been real, brother. We, we definitely, uh, appreciate the, the time to just chop it up with you, have some meaningful conversations. Um, yes. you know, this, this is rich. Do you have any yeah, last man. minute comments or anything you want to share? Um, you know, I, I will say, you know, some have those hard conversations, you know, like you said, Andre, confess. You know, own up to what you did. I had to do that with my kids and, you know, my ex and people, you know, that I pastored. And, you know, when you're in pride, you won't own up to anything. No. Yeah. And but when, when you repent and you have godly sorrow, it does lead you to repentance. And what freed me was when one of my old church brothers prayed for me. He said, Warren, Jesus died for your shame. Yeah. He endured the cross. And I said three times, I am not my shame. I am not my shame. I am not my shame. I was free. I was healed and delivered from that part of the shame that I was carrying in in that season of my life. And it was the most beautiful feeling to have community and brothers. And I had a vision of them coming to pray for me. And, and, and I asked them and they, they, they came. That was one of the most freeing things. So, so have those hard conversations and confessions because hard can lead to healing. And the more we hide, we can't heal. So that's what I mean. So tell us, tell our audience where they can find you. Find me everywhere on social media, Warren Stewart Jr. Um, follow 12 church. I have a virtual church we just started. Uh, but yeah, Facebook, Warren Stewart Jr., Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, I might be Warren Hampton. That's my middle name. Um, but I'm everywhere. I would love to connect with you all and, uh, you know, share more resources and relationships that I have and sh- see what I'm doing. Actually, um, it, we are planning to have a, a, a men's mental health conference. Um, if we can pull it off before the end of the year, we will. I would love for you to be a part of that, Andre. So. For sure, brother. Definitely, man. We definitely appreciate the invite. Uh, it's yeah. been real having you on, just getting to truly dig in and having some meaningful conversations. Um, this is love your life. Uh, and so this is, this is what this is all about. So babe, Thank share you. with the audience, uh, again, those who may be tuning in for the first time, where, where can they check us out? At? You can check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, whatever P, um, podcast media outlet, YouTube. You check out, you can find us on there. And lastly, real quick, Warren, you're also an author. What's the name of your book? 
Oh, yes. My book is Dirty Christianity. We've left something out of the gospel. It's an old book. There's some old, old stories in there, but, uh, <laughs> I got, a, I got a new one I'm, I'm trying to work on. And I okay. uh, can't forget about my podcast, Non For Real, if y'all want to hear more about me. Um, but I just want to thank you all for what you all are doing in this ministry, this platform. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate you guys and love you all for life, forever. Yeah. So thank sure. you for being such such good and healthy brothers, brother and sister to me since since we met. So 20 years plus. Yes. Cool. cool. Well, God bless, brother. It's been real. Um, you take yeah. care. We'll definitely connect um, and uh, go from there, man. All right? Okay.